Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the week's very best commentaries from your favorite Rebels, which happen to not be me. I'm your host, who is definitely, absolutely not Mr. David Menzies. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and I'm filling in for my dear friend David as he takes some well-deserved time off from the show. However, you will be seeing David back at the Roundup News Desk in the new year, so stay tuned. A family from Peru wanted to move to Canada because somehow the pandemic restrictions in Peru were even harsher on kids than they are here in Canada. It's hard to believe. The dad is a Canadian citizen, and so his kids are dual citizens. They did everything right. They tried to come in through the front door to Canada, and yet they received $11,000 in lockdown fines upon entry to their new home country. But this story has a happy ending. Drea Humphrey joins us with this Fight the Fines victory. Then, Lewis Brackpool is living in the land of the vaccine passports. Not Canada, but the UK. Lewis wanted to give his fellow UK citizens an opportunity to send a message to their politicians that the people do not want the discriminatory vaccine passport system. Nor is it necessary, since the vaccinated can catch and spread COVID to basically anyone. But when Lewis tried to launch a petition, Big Tech stepped in to block it. Our UK correspondent joins us tonight to talk about the fight against vaccine passport segregation in the UK and who really makes up the anti-passport movement. Then letters, letters, letters. We get your letters all day, every day. And I'll read some of them. Actually, I'm going to read one. It's long, but it's one of the favorite letters that I have received in weeks. And it's about David Menzies being assaulted by Trudeau's RCMP henchmen. You'll note this isn't the usual Rebel Roundup background because I forgot to switch mine out in my interview. So I left this one for consistency's sake. Those are your Rebels. Let's round them up. Drea Humphrey here with Rebel News in another Fight the Fines win for you. A couple was fined over $11,000 when entering the supposedly 
true north strong and free country of Canada. But thanks to people like yourself who have been generously donating at fightthefines.com, we were able to partner with the Democracy Fund charity and hire them top-notch lawyers from the law firm Great Woke and Spencer. Thanks so much for inviting us into your home. Uh, there was good news in regards to the over $11,000 fines you guys received. Uh, for those who don't know, because this is actually our first time doing this report, tell us why you guys received such a, a slap-worthy fine. Well, um, as soon as uh, uh, we arrived to Canada, by the way, we, we were moving to Canada. Uh, my wife just landed. Uh was almost six months ago, back in June. Back then, everyone, uh, regardless of of, uh, of your of your medical status, back then you had to go to uh, you had to be quarantined and take an, an arrival PCR test, and then take another PCR test on day eight, if I remember correctly. So uh, when we arrived, we refused the hotel quarantine, um, partly because we were a family of five. Which includes my five-year-old daughter. I had no plans on, on uh, uh, locking her up in a hotel room. And another reason uh, is because my wife has a medical condition, uh, which I brought with me. Uh, she she requires a very special diet. I'm very allergic to food. Exactly. She cannot eat uh, gluten, corn, soy, um, tomatoes, <laughs> even tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, um, some plants of the nightshade family. So she has a very particular diet and. The the public health officers that uh, that were there that day did not listen to us. Uh, no, we showed the papers. We showed them the papers and, uh, and the situation, situation and all. And at the end of the day, they just they just uh, wrote us uh, huge tickets. Uh, we both received uh, five thousand seven hundred fifty dollars uh, each, totaling eleven thousand five hundred dollars in tickets. Uh, and uh, we didn't know what to do uh, after after getting home. Uh, we I we decided to to fight this. Obviously, uh, uh, we disputed the tickets after the, after the fourteen day quarantine. We we went to the courthouse and 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 entered our dispute and and contacted Rebel News. I I heard of uh, of the fund you guys were managing for for helping people, uh, helping Canadians fight the fines. 2021 was a big year in fighting lockdown fines. In fact, we have helped over 2,200 people, churches, and businesses in the Fight the Fines system. Now, Fight the Fines is a civil liberties project in partnership with the Democracy Fund, where people suffering a lockdown ticket or infraction are put in touch with top criminal and civil litigators at no cost to them through our special partnership with that registered Canadian charity, the Democracy Fund and through your crowdfunded donations. And the wins have been really rolling in lately. So fast, we can hardly report on them all. But Dre Humphrey joins us today with the story of a family who is emigrating to Canada, doing everything the right way. And they still received a lockdown fine. Drea, what happened here? Well, absolutely. The guy sat does. The husband is a Canadian citizen, but they had been living in Peru. And uh, according to them, it's not so great for children since life with COVID-19 there. So they thought, you know what, let's take our odds with Canada. And they came to Canada, but, you know, were totally treated like villains on the way in. 
Um, the wife actually has a lot of medical conditions. She even brought paperwork. Doctors helped fill it out. So hopefully they would be able to go home. Uh, extreme dietary restrictions. And as you probably know from some of our previous reports, if you've got allergies, a quarantine hotel is not the place to be. <laughs> and so they were fined um, over $11,000 for saying, no, it's safer for us to go home. Sorry. You know, that's crazy. And the, as I was watching your video, I thought, you know what? Maybe these people should have just sashayed through Roxham Road and they wouldn't have got a fine. <laughs> exactly. They wouldn't have been charged to stay in a quarantine hotel. And the RCMP would have carried their baggage, put them on the bus. They would have went off to the quarantine hotel where they would have got whatever food they wanted. And then just off you go. No testing or at least no fines. No and fines. Yeah. The, and But these folks seem very nice. They get punished for trying to do everything the right way. And it, this isn't the first thing we've seen of this. We actually see Canadian citizens mm -hmm. in other instances getting COVID fines for mm -hmm. refusing to quarantine in these jails that are, frankly, dangerous, as we know. Absolutely. COVID jails. I believe in David's report, um, back to the dietary thing, there was a gentleman with seafood allergies and he was given a tuna sandwich after starving he was in there starving it's it's ridiculous and then there's also been the, the claim of sexual assault as well um and it, it just scientifically or statistically it doesn't make any sense because if you can go home if you have this safe place at home and you can just be with your family why would you go to a hotel one of the reports that i covered they they put you in a taxi a public taxi <laughs> Like, it makes no sense. And that taxi driver, we interviewed some of the ones that were picking up. They pick up whoever they want. So if you can go into a public taxi to COVID jail, why can't you just go home? Um, but what I love about Fight the Fines is, number one, it gives us an opportunity to report good news when we get the winds coming in, which these days is few and far between. Um, so I love that. But it just imagine the weight off your shoulder. You're trying to move your whole family if you watch the report, they mentioned there's a lot of costs, obviously, with doing that. And you get hit with $11,000 fine. Plus, you know, you know it's wrong, so you want to fight it. Um, and then thanks to the donors who have generously uh, supported Fight the Fines and donated what they can for top-notch legal defense, you get that weight off your shoulder uh, where the lawyers come and take care of it. In this case, uh, it was a whole team effort because there was all this bureaucracy happening. So even Megan, um, I believe she's a paralegal with the firm, was helping out quite a bit there too. Yeah, it it's so unscientific. The one thing I learned from our um, legal challenge to the COVID jails at nocovidjails.com was that if you present at the airport and you either exhibit symptoms of COVID, which can be anything from a sniffly nose to like, I've got muscle aches. Well, you just got off a long flight, so that yeah. might explain it. But even if you either you present with visible symptoms of COVID or you just say you have symptoms of COVID, you don't have to go to the COVID jail. You mm. go straight home. The COVID jails are strictly for healthy people, which makes absolutely no sense because if you're healthy, then you should just be able to go home. Uh, but, you know, if you show up at the airport and say, uh, <coughs> they're like, ah, get out of here, go, go home. Um, but moreover, to your point about um, the, the help that we're able to give people and really the thanks goes to the donors. We hear mm -hmm. the thank yous Absolutely. because we hear 
the thank yous because we are talking to people every day. We're the sort of the go between. But the thanks really goes to the donors, and uh, we get the pleasure of being the vehicles by which mm-hmm. uh, the donors are connected to the people that need help. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm sure this is your experience too. You're interviewing people who have these enormous fines, eleven thousand dollars. Sometimes it's the whole family is fined five thousand dollars a pop, mm-hmm. and they can't believe that total strangers care so much about civil liberties that they're willing to donate to help them. So they can't even believe like that people care about the issue. Little old me. (laughs) They're like, why do people care about me? But they also can't believe that people care so much that it's like, here's one of Canada's best lawyers to help you. They're so overwhelmed and so grateful. And that's what I love about Fight the Fines. It fills the like personal tank up so you have all this energy to fight another day because I don't I don't know about you, but people always ask me, like, how do you how do you do your job? You're dealing with bad news all the day. I'm like, I get to hear the thank yous that I don't yes, deserve. And absolutely. that helps me fight another day. Absolutely. And like you said, it's now over twenty two hundred cases. One of the things they always say is, yeah, I apply, but I didn't actually expect to hear back. Right. Because they just like, oh, maybe, you know, it's. 20 people we've helped or something like that. And it's like, no, it's, it's quite a bit. So um, you're right. It does keep us motivated. Thank you guys so much for donating there because you're making such a huge difference. And uh, you touched on this as well, but a lot of people are, you know, it's so divided Um, depending on what news they're watching. It seems like everybody thinks a certain way. So you're right. Like that people come together and actually generously donate towards an issue that seems like such a taboo issue in the first place. It's like, no, I'm not alone. And, you know, I should stand up for my rights. And so it's very empowering. And I don't think just for the person who gets the help, but for also for the people who see the win, right? It's really important. And who knows the ripple effect that's happening. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Now, getting back to your story of this family, What's next for them? They're in Canada now. Are they settled mm-hmm. in? <laughs> or, yeah. Or do, they, so, do they regret coming? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think regret is the word. Because again, according to them, I do ask them in the report, you know, what life was like there. Um, and they said for kids in school, it's pretty rough. I, I, you'll have to watch the report. But I think they said they the kids haven't really officially gone back to school. So that's hard. And I believe they have three kids. Um, and they're happy in the city that they're in right now. But they're... They're not sure if that's where they're going to end up staying, but um, they're just concerned in general across the globe what's happening. And, um, you know, they're going to continue to stand for their rights no matter what. But um, I think there's not a huge sense of security, especially when you enter the country that way. You think you're going for refuge to this true north, strong and free. And then it's already you have a fight like that. So, yeah, I guess the moral of the story here is that um, even in Canada, some place is always worse than you. Um, and I guess I guess yeah. it's a story across the world, except if you live in Australia, because I don't know. I That's don't know what it seems in Australia. like. Uh, Drea, thank you so much for the work that you do for the fight the fines uh, cases that you're working with and you're, you're helping. But also thank you so much just for the work that you put in this year, fighting for freedom, fighting for the rights of small businesses and fighting for people, people's rights to just go to work um, yeah. and, and not have to produce uh, proof of vaccination or subject themselves to a medical treatment that they don't want. Um, let's hope things get better in 2022. I am, however, not optimistic. Well, I hope so. And I had a great mentor. So thank you, Sheila. <laughs> Thanks, Drea. <laughs> All right. Bye, bye. everyone.
Today, I'm fighting big tech censorship to bring you a voice against these divisive vaccine passports. I am proud to announce that I'm not long away from launching a brand new exclusive campaign to the UK with Rebel News to fight back against these divisive and privacy invading vaccine passports that were rolled out to the entirety of the United Kingdom recently. However, we have run into some technical difficulties that us at Rebel News thought it would be appropriate to tell you all about. The campaign that I am launching is one big giant petition that anyone in the United Kingdom can sign. And my promise is to deliver your signature straight to the doorstep of Parliament, where we will bring the message from the people to the politicians from all over the political spectrum. So not only is it to prove that we were never asked for these discriminatory restrictions, is that we don't need them and we want them gone. Now, whilst I talk to you on camera, we have a designated set of people to help set up this giant petition and a special website for you to visit and sign your signature. We've been doing a lot of preparation and I've already finished a video to debut the campaign launch. However, something strange has happened. A colleague of mine was arranging the URL for this petition and it was originally at fightvaccinepassports.co.uk and after trying to register this URL, we received an email. It explained that the domain Fight Vaccine Passports got blocked on the registry for it potentially being, and I quote, malicious phishing activity. Very odd. Well, Canada isn't the only country infected with the disease of COVID. Vaccine mandates and passports. Our siblings in the Commonwealth over in the UK have recently adopted a proof of vaccination policy wherein certain people, usually healthy, are carved out of society based on either their vaccine status or their unwillingness to provide their vaccine status to total strangers. Joining me now to discuss the vaccine policy in the UK and what he plans to do to fight back on behalf of normal people is Rebel News UK correspondent extraordinaire, Lewis Brackpool. Lewis, thank you so much for joining me. I guess my big question is why the vaccine mandate all of a sudden right now? You guys have had vaccines long before we did. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange one, isn't it, Sheila? I mean, I think it's been uh, the plan all along, personally. They've had uh, they've had ideas of drawing up these plans um, the past six months, and uh, they decided to put it through the, the House of Commons and have a vote on it, where 126 Tories revolted against the mandates, which was very interesting, and the Labour candidates only seven revolted against. So it's unfortunately been passed, and now the people have to suffer. Um, so it begs the question, can over 300 MPs really decide the bodily, uh, the bodily autonomy fate of the UK public? And I personally don't think so, which is why I've started up this campaign that we're, we're about to discuss. Before we get to that, I just I find it remarkable that at least you had politicians who engaged in a vigorous debate on this subject in so much of the rest of the world, in particular here in Canada, we just have some public health deity at this point who just decides these things for everybody and our politicians just nod along. They don't even consider the fact that this is indeed a political move 
that requires political debate around this. Now, you've been out and about in the public talking to people about this, and it is a real cross-section of humanity. You've got some people who think, yeah, it's fine. I get to do whatever I want because I'm vaccinated, so I guess everybody else be damned. And you do have other people on the other side who say, this isn't for me. I don't want any part of this, and um, I don't have a choice anymore. Um, what do you think the, the breakdown is? is? Is it like 50-50, or what do you think the public's take is on all of this? I think the public take is definitely rising against. Um, it was a majority, I believe, um, for a long time, because unfortunately, a lot of people in the UK have put their faith in this government, as you know, blasphemy as that is. Um, but we're now starting to see a shift in the polls. A lot of polls are coming out recently that people are, are going against these restrictions ever since it came out that Downing Street hosted a big uh, fundue. Uh, over the Christmas period when everyone was locked down. I think that sort of uh, messed uh, messed people up with that. Um, the thing is, everyone has a limit, don't they? I mean, some people it was very early, some people it's late, some people it was just a Christmas party that, that set people off to make them go, well, hang on a minute, if they're not practising what they preach, why should I? And it's a, it's a legitimate question. If these politicians keep pumping out the fear-mongering to the public, whilst not following the rules themselves. I mean, is, is it any wonder that the polls are now starting to shift and Boris Johnson is looking like he's uh, in a bit of deep water now with his party? So, yeah, I'm starting to see um, a bit more of a revolt uh, than, original, than originally six months ago, um, which is great news because it now shows that people really, really do care and they're starting to see it for what it is. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people who for better or for worse, probably for worse, put their trust in um, politicians, in public health officials, in the vaccines. And while they didn't really have a, an opinion on the efficacy of the vaccines, they just went and got a vaccine because that was their path to freedom. I guess compliance was their path to freedom when, <laughs> when you put it that way. But for them, that's what they saw. And now they're double vaccinated and they don't see the freedom. So they did their part, but the politicians aren't doing their part. And I think there are a lot of people who are being mugged by reality by that fact. And I don't know what it's like in the UK, but I know here in Canada, it's not falling down along party lines. There are people from all over the political spectrum who are saying, I did what they asked me to do. They're not holding their end of the bargain. And so when normally it would be a pro-freedom, pro-conservative issue, um, it's people from the left and the right who are sort of marching together in the street. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think this is the one issue that people from the left and the right are really coming together on. Uh, when I go to these protests and speak to the everyday person, uh, most of them um, are just either they were Labour voters or Conservative voters that have revolted. And it's the one issue that people are now feeling so passionate about is their own civil liberties. And I think that's extremely important. Um, I mean, you do get the odd bunch, uh, you know, revolutionaries, let's take down the system. And then you ask them, well, what's the replacement? And they don't have the answer. Classic. Right. Um, and you, of course, you've got people on the right as well where they might want to cause trouble. But this is normal with, with every movement. It's just a case of sticking onto topic and that's fighting the vaccine passports and the mandates. And mass non-compliance, I believe, is the only way to get out of this. Um, 
because I don't see any other other resolution because the politicians have made up their minds. I think it's now down to the people to decide their own fate. Yeah, I think there comes a point where people have done what you've asked them to do. You didn't do your end of the, the bargain and people become ungovernable. Because they see that they see that the rug has really been pulled out from under them. And I, I do find it remarkable that you do have this kaleidoscope of humanity, I guess is the right word, at these yeah. protests where you have people from the left, people from the right, people who think crystals cure cancer, people from the religious right, people like staunch, like anti-government libertarians, and like the natural health food people, they're all marching in the street together. And these are people who would normally cross the street so that they don't have to walk beside each other. And yet yeah. there are hardly any, any political leaders who look at that and say, there's a parade that's marching. I should get in front of it and lead it. That yeah. They're all but absent. It's very strange. It is. It is very strange. Um, but this strangeness is good. Um, it's mm -hmm. actually healed uh, a lot of the political divide um of, obviously since 2016 when trump was elected in america for example i mean you saw a staunch division between people left and right republicans democrats mm -hmm. whoever um and now for the first time that it's affecting everyone everyone's putting that aside and going no i'll fight for my fellow man and woman so it is really really um extraordinary to see and you know i i've now collated a lot of left-wing followers so they're going to be in a bit of a shock when they find out that i'm actually conservative so but you know at the end of the day what what the common goal is to eradicate tyranny that's that's the main that's the main goal to have more of a say to the people to get the message out from the people back to the government because debate seems to be dwindling now and the only debate that's happening is between the politicians and not having um, the people decide it. The last time, the last big thing in the UK that the people had a big discussion on was Brexit, and that divided the nation. But now it's kind of flipped to, well, it's the politicians now versus the people. So we're going to see an interesting development, that's for sure. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, you might get the odd lefty who all of, all of a sudden realises it's actually the conservatives who are out here fighting for my civil liberties and my human rights, while the left likes to paint itself as the side of human rights. And so when those people come around, I don't want to prejudge their past. I want to get them into the fold when I've been out there proselytizing the good word of small government and leaving everybody alone. Now, uh, Lewis, you have not only been out there telling the stories of the anti-lockdown protests and the anti-vaccine mandate protests, but you're doing something so that people can take tangible action and show the politicians their discontent. Because we know the mainstream media doesn't really cover these protests fairly. The politicians pretend that the protests really don't exist, but you are going to do something that the politicians cannot ignore. Why don't you tell us about it? Sure. Well, I'm setting up my very first campaign in the UK uh, under Rebel News. Uh, so I thank everyone for, for being a part of this and trying to help me get this started, um, where we are fighting back against the vaccine passports, the pro-segregation law that has just been passed into the UK with the last country, England, within the United Kingdom to have these passports introduced. And I'm setting up one big petition that if you sign it, my promises to the people 
is I will hand deliver these signatures to the Houses of Parliament myself. And I'm just asking for a call to action. I'm sick and tired of, of watching people sit there and go, well, well, the fight's over. That's it. Let's just let's just see what happens. Oh, it might be a good idea. No, we've seen that it's not worked in other countries like France, Belgium, et cetera, et cetera. We've seen it's only causing discriminatory divide and that's it. And now I think it's time to take the power. Sounds cringe, but take the power back to the people and uh, give them a voice now. So that is my promise. I will hand deliver your signature to the Houses of Parliament. Well, I think that's great because it's a tangible act that politicians can't ignore. When Lewis Brackpool walks in there with a big stack of paper and thumps it on the desk, that's hard to ignore. And the each one of those people who have thrown their name onto your petition, those are people who are willing to put their name to civil liberties of their fellow UK citizens. You know, it. I'm sure you uh, encounter this too. When you're at these anti-lockdown protests, there are plenty of people who say, I'm vaccinated, but I don't want to be a part of a system of segregation. I don't want to go somewhere where my unvaccinated friend or family cannot go with me. And I think that's what's so important is that, as you say, this unites people across vaccination status, across party lines. This is about human rights and anti-discrimination and privacy. Exactly. And, you know, I've always said it's <clears throat> I've always said it's not about the left or the right. That's meaningless now. It's the people versus globalism now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've always said as well that it's not the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated. You can be anti-mandates and anti-segregation. You know, it's about choice. That's the main thing. It's about the freedom of bodily autonomy and choice. Um, and that's what's extremely important. And our free speech laws suck, as it is in the UK. Uh, they're dwindling. They've been dwindling since the early 2000s. Yep. And it's gotten worse. So now is the time really to step up and try and show that the people have more power than they think. Now, if someone would like to sign your petition, where do they go? So you can visit. <laughs> uh, we had a bit of trouble, didn't we, with the link uh, recently, because unfortunately they've uh, they blocked the <laughs> fight vaccine passports UK uh, or .co.uk. They've, they've unfortunately blocked that. So the new link is about to be uh, discovered. So that will be <laughs> soon. I'm sure we'll get a banner across yeah. there. I'll have that all over my social media, in my bios and everything, so you can easily access that. And you'll see in this video um, a bumper with uh, with where you need to go, um, because unfortunately, I don't know that link yet. Yeah, we've had some uh, problems across the world, actually, with uh, companies blocking access to our petitions. But tentatively, this was at fightvaccinepassports.co.uk, and hopefully it stays there. Um, because we want to make this one of our largest petitions ever. You're standing up for the rights of your fellow British citizens to be able to be free to go and live their lives as normally as possible. Lewis, thank you so much for the hard work that you're doing over in the UK. And thank you for all your hard work for the team since joining it this year. I'm so glad you did because the UK is a big place with a lot of problems. Thank you very much, Sheila. I really appreciate you having me on as well. Thank you. Thanks, Lewis. Huh?
Look around. Hit my car. Huh? Yeah. You'd like to see that. I wouldn't like to see that at all. <laughs> it needs a lot of paperwork for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing? What get it. Get off me. Hey, I can. Hey, this is assault. Move. I'm on a side. What is this? I'm on a sidewalk. What is this? You cannot touch me. No rushing work. Hey. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I me. What is this? You can't. Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Because otherwise you have no right. Guys, relax. As David Menzies says, letters, 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 we get your letters, and boy, do we ever get your letters all day, all night, viewer feedback, tips, and story ideas. Now, I do my best to read them, though I may not always respond. Now, this week, I got a letter that I am very glad to have received and to be able to read from a lady named Bonnie, originally from Alberta's Lakeland region. Now, some of you may know that David Menzies spent some of his time as a young cub reporter out there in the Lakeland area near Bonneville, Smoky Lake, St. Paul, Wabuska. Anyway, David made quite an impact on Bonnie when she was about 10 years old. She even sent me some newspaper clippings of the story David did about her. So let's read her letter together. Good evening, David. I was again greatly disheartened to see you and Rebel News mistreated recently while reporting. I thought I would share with you how important your work is and has been, including to me personally, I believe. Please find attached two newspaper clippings from way back from Bonneville from about 1983 when I was about 9 or 10 years old at the time where I spent part of my childhood and learned French. If I am not mistaken, you personally covered the story in person of some French class awards from the school that were awarded at the local French Cultural Center in Bonneville. I believe I am the little girl in the front row, very center in the attached. I remember a tall, red-haired reporter with a great laugh who, despite talking to the adults at the center, actually took the time to talk to me personally and asked me about my trophy and asked me what I got it for when I approached the cookie and juice table. It would be David to be parked by the food, by the way. <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. I remember it was a super cold day and you, the reporter, was getting a hot drink to warm up after arriving to cover the story. I remember the reporter being sincerely interested and professional on the job about it. That interaction with the reporter was the first time I realized that something I did or work I put in could matter to the media, actually make the news, and maybe even be important or of interest to the whole community. 
The trophy is gone, and the quality of my French has varied greatly over the years, but I have kept these clippings all these years, despite many, many moves for school and work, and my own children having gone through school in between, because they still remind me of how special the reporter in particular made the day for me personally. The excitement among my friends of the media covering the story and because the clippings remind me of that feeling of accomplishment and spark of future potential if I kept trying. I have made the news over the years, but this remains one of my favorites still. Years later, watching Rebel News, you and Sheila were talking about your time as a young reporter in Bonneville, and I was delighted at the potential connection to such a great memory. Whether or not it was you who was the reporter at the time, though I think you might have been him if memory serves, I came away with the knowledge that media matters, sincere reporting matters, and media community connection most certainly matters. Your reporting matters today. Thank you for all you do and for all that Rebel News does. Bonnie. This is a really good reminder to me as a journalist, but to the journalists I work with and to everybody, I think. That every interaction we have with people is something that they will remember. And that's why it's so important to get those interactions right and to treat people with fairness and dignity and with respect. They might just remember you decades later for the decent human being that you are. Just like Bonnie remembered David Menzies for the man he is. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy New Year. Like I said, David should be back in the big chair in the new year. And I sincerely thank all of you for your concern and notes about David that you've CC'd me on. They really do warm my heart. Now, as David Menzies says, and I could be getting this wrong because I did get it wrong two weeks ago, without risk, there can be no glory.